The following podcast contains strong language, adult themes, and scenes that depict violence and is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Here you go. Everything we found at Hudson's house. You got Big Mama in that box? I do. With all the photos of his victims. I can't believe you found where he's been keeping the fingertips. Right on his mantle. There were only 13 sets, though. Where's the 14th set? Maybe he didn't keep Lisa's. I think it's time I ask Sam Hudson about that. Be careful in there, Harriet. He's been trying to get in your head for years. Don't step in any of his BS. (laughs) Good thing I wore my boots today. Elephant Scout presents Tucson Heat Episode 8 Good thing I wore my boots. Detective Shepard. Mr. Hudson, before you say anything else, we need to get some formalities out of the way. If by formalities you mean arresting me... Who said anything about being arrested? Besides the fact that you're in handcuffs in an interrogation room at a police station, what makes you think I want to arrest you? (laughs) I've already called my lawyer... Uh, 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 don't say the L word just yet. Let me just say something I've been wanting to say for a long, long time. Here, you can read along. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to an attorney. If you can't afford one, one will be appointed to you. Do you understand these rights? Well, do you, Mr. Hudson? See, you are arresting me. I know. I just didn't want you to ruin the moment. I'm not talking to you without my lawyer. You said the same thing a few years ago when I first wanted to arrest you. Before we could even meet face to face. What's so scary about talking to little old me? I've always enjoyed talking with you, detective. I know. I have the phone records to prove it. It's just that you have that piece of metal clipped to your belt that says you can arrest me. Which you have. For what? Only God knows. I just want to talk, get to know you. There's nothing like a face-to-face meeting. The energy exchange is much more immediate, more genuine than over the phone. I mean, isn't that what you want? It's not like you ever answered the phone. Oh, I'm more of a texter. (laughs) I find that hard to believe. So we can chat, one-on-one? Leave the lawyers out of this? (laughs) Sure. I'm always in search of deep connections. Where do you get that from? Your mother or your father? Certainly not my father. What's his name? Frank? Phil? Frank. You've been reading up on me. You seem to know so much about me, it uh, only seemed fair. Mm, I take my hobbies seriously. And your mother's name? Matilda. Hmm, lovely name. Like the book? Just like the book. A character I could relate with as a child. Oh, really? You must have been real smart at a young age. Did you not get along with your parents? What makes you say that? Well, in the books, Matilda didn't get along with her parents. She got along with, uh, what's her name? Miss Honey. That's right. Miss Honey. Did you grow up here? My father worked at a copper mine. Near a small town outside of Tucson. Doing what? Logistics and planning. Interesting. And your mom? She stayed home and raised me. Growing up, my whole world was my mother. 
Must have been tough growing up in a small town. I hardly had friends. It was just me and my parents. And you're closest to your mom. Isn't that sweet? Sounds like it was more than just any old mother-son relationship. Yes. She would make funny face pancakes for me if I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. She'd play outside with me, splashing puddles on rainy days. But my favorite memories growing up were sitting in silence. In our den, reading to ourselves. Being in each other's presence. She really was the type of mother that knew everything I needed. Before I knew I needed it. Just like Miss Honey and Matilda. You two are obviously still close. Now that's a low blow, Detective. What? You've read my file. You know my mother passed away. Oh my gosh, that's right. How old were you when she passed? Ten. I'm so sorry that happened, Sam. Are you, Detective? A child's relationship with their mother is something that can really define a child's life. And to have that taken away at such a young age, it's really heartbreaking. It really is. I remember when I was 17, I was walking home from school an hour later than usual. I was in detention again. Some boy was talking smack to a friend of mine and someone had to put him in his place. I remember my steps getting shorter and shorter the closer I got to our front door. I was dreading facing my mom's wrath. When I finally got the nerve to open the door, the house felt empty. I saw my father sitting at the kitchen table. He was never home from work that early. When he finally looked up at me, life just seemed to drain out of him. My mother had a brain aneurysm. There was nothing we could do. Cancer. My mother had cancer. That's tough. It spread quickly. Taking care of her at the end was the hardest. Did you get a chance to say goodbye? I was at school when she passed. Worst day of my life. That must have been hard. Let me guess, your father did nothing to help you deal with your loss. Absolutely nothing. How did you deal with it, then? The best I could. How did you cope with your mother's death? I feel like I still am. Luckily, I had a dad who was there for me. It would help me keep the memory of her alive. My mother used to make waffles for us every Sunday morning, no matter what. My dad would try to make some. He always burned them. (laughs) Always. And they tasted like black licorice for some reason. Burnt black licorice. I still ate them. Thank God he found out you could buy frozen waffles. Hmm. After my mother died, my father didn't even have the courtesy to have a funeral for my mother. Not awake or a small get-together, nothing. The second she was pronounced dead, he had her cremated. Hmm. That's a shame. He had no chance to say goodbye. My father's work found out that she passed. They had a special urn made as a gift. They thought it would be one less thing for us to worry about. My father hated it. Why do you say that? I assume it was just another reminder of his dead wife he had to keep on display just in case someone from work stopped by. How did you feel about having your mother's ashes on display? I didn't mind. I was always alone in the house. It it felt like there was someone there with me. I would even carry it around the house and play games with her. It's like she never left. Want me to tell you about the second worst day of my life? I'm here to listen. I was 14. My father got home late. And he must have made a stop at the bar on his way home. I was getting dinner ready when he called me into the living room. He was standing by my mother's urn. Did something happen to it? Earlier that day, I decided to take my mother for a walk. 
It was a nice day, and it's something I'd do when the weather was nice. That sounds... lovely. When I got back to the house, I put my mother back on the shelf, then went on my way to start dinner. I was going to make spaghetti that night. Well, what was he upset about then? I had left the urn... dirty. How so? He found my fingerprints on the urn. I would usually wipe them off. I'd learned the hard way that he doesn't like smudges or fingerprints on display. I received several beatings learning that lesson. He beat you over some smudges? Oh yeah. All the time. But that night... That night really put him over the edge. I can still hear him yelling at me. (laughs) Berating me with his words. At some point I walked away. Into the kitchen. I thought something was burning. It wasn't. I had a giant pot of water on the stove and it started to boil. Hold on. Your father would abuse you over a few fingerprints? What was it made of? Solid gold? No. Copper. Copper is tough to keep clean. I had to polish it every time I got even the slightest smudge on it. Right after, I would receive the beating of my life. And each time, the beatings got worse and worse. But that day, my father came up with the ultimate solution for my irresponsible handling of my mother's urn as he liked to call it. Looking over at the stove, he saw the pot of boiling water. He took a break from yelling at me and grabbed a beer from the fridge, cracked it open, (laughs) nods towards the pot of water and tells me to pick it up. The pot? I walked over to the stove and picked it up by the handles, turned towards him and he said, no, grab it from the sides. So... I put the pot back down and picked it up from the side. I slowly turned towards him and looked him straight in the eye. I wasn't going to let him win, even when I could feel my fingertips melting away. How awful! I don't know what was worse. The sound of my fingertips burning or the smell. To this day, my sense of touch is non-existent. May I see? Funny thing is, I can still leave a smudge on a shiny surface. Of course you can. That's why we never found fingerprints. You don't have any. Excuse me? Mr. Hudson, how did you meet Connie Rivera? Who? You know. The woman you kidnapped and tortured earlier this week. The one you murdered last night. I have no idea what you're talking about. I had a chance to speak with Connie before her death. But you know all about that, don't you? Do I? Last time I talked with her, she was able to identify the voice of her kidnapper. It was yours. How convenient you have a recording of my voice handy. Come on, Sam. You must have known I've been recording all those lovely calls you've been making to me for the last ten years. What about Allie Boyd? Or Amanda Nunmaker? Or Holly? Or Desiree? Or Caroline? (laughs) I can keep going. I've got eight more names to share. We've been through all this before, Harriet. I'm not connected to these murders, and you have nothing to prove that I was. I'm not going to sit here while you try to... Fine. We'll circle back to these 13 women. What's the point? I'm innocent, Detective. I've got a theory. A theory is not proof. You should know that, Detective. Want to hear it, or are you semantics? Let's hear it. Like I've said a thousand times before, I've had nothing to do with the death of these women. 
Share your little theory. Let me introduce you to Lisa Sanders. Where'd you get this? A bright young woman. Doesn't she look like all the other girls here? She was a junior in college wanting to get into social work after she graduated. I bet she had a thing for weak, damaged boys. You know what I'm talking about, Sammy? No one calls me Sammy. Except your mother, I'm sure. Are you through, Detective? I believe Lisa had a crush on one of her classmates. A shy boy she knew from around campus. By shy, I mean... Well, you know what I mean. (laughs) Don't you, Sam? The boy had a little crush on her, too. She always wore this necklace. A blue wave made of turquoise with a copper encasing. This was your inn, wasn't it? Your conversation starter. Your daddy probably mined that metal in her jewelry. I thought this was a theory, detective. Lisa and this boy had a nice night out. Nothing too fancy. Dinner? Maybe a movie? And they ended up going back to his place. Now, this was a big deal for this boy. Why do you keep saying boy? Opening his house, his home to her. Must have taken a lot of trust. He must have been very interested in her. Maybe she could be the one to fill a void that boy had. Get to your point, detective. But something must have gone terribly wrong. She must have done something that took her from cream of the crop to complete nightmare for that boy. Isn't that right, Sam? What are you talking about? I've been trying to think of what she could have done. Now it's obvious, of course. I mean, something so tasteless, so tacky, so... Watch what you're saying about my mother, detective. How could you not just reach out and touch what Gaudy feels like? Stop. You walked in on her and saw her disrespecting the only thing you care about. So you did to her what your father did to you growing up. You punished her. You grabbed her around the throat till you thought she couldn't breathe anymore. You can't prove any of this. After your anger and rage passed, that's when the jealousy kicked in, didn't it? Again, Detective, I'm innocent and I... You wanted to feel, to touch again, just like Lisa could. So you did something utterly disgusting. You cut off her fingertips. You gotta tell me. Did you wear them? Now, now, Detective. Is that what you did? You can tell me. Is taking these girls' fingertips your way of staying connected to your dead mother? You have no proof, Detective. No evidence. No witnesses. But, Sam, I do have a witness. Your mother told me everything. Don't you dare touch my mother! Mr. Hudson, you better sit back down before I make you. What was so surprising to me was the box you kept next to your mother. A copper box. Just as gaudy as your mother's urn. That's where we found the fingertips. So what? You found some flaps of dead skin by my mother's urn. You still can't prove anything. You might be right. None of these fingertips matched anyone we have on file in APHIS. You have a thing for good girls, so you're right. You've just got a weird dead skin collection of 13 sets of fingerprints. And I've got 14 murdered girls I know you killed. Your math is a little off, Detective. Something's not adding up. It's because you have the wrong guy. But how does it feel, Detective? For years, you've accused me of being obsessed with you. Which is not the case. I think the only one obsessed here is you. With trying to pin these murders on me. There is no way I could have done it, Detective. Still holding on to your innocence? There's a killer out there, Detective. You better tell your real cop friends to find him before more innocent people die. On your date with Lisa, 
Did she happen to tell you what she did over the summer before junior year? No? Let me get you up to speed. Do you know what you need to have done before you can step into a classroom? Get your fingerprints taken. It's too bad you don't have her fingertips. I know. I mean, where could they be? Wait a sec. What do we have here? In your mother's urn. A new set of fingertips. I'd bet my house they belong to Lisa. So, you have one set of fingertips. What are you- I do have one set of fingerprints I can identify. No, wait. I have two. Connie Rivera's skin is fresh enough that we're already matching the DNA at the lab. I've got your first victim and your last. Which means I can establish a pattern. And there's not a jury in this city that wouldn't convict you of all 14 of these murders. Do you want to fill out a confession here or on the stand at court? Finally, detective. You appear to have caught me. We'll see how well your theory holds up in court. I'll be there every day, front row center, till you get a guilty verdict. The day is going to come when I wrap my copper wire around your droopy jowls, detective. After I watch the life, leave your eyes. Use that thought to keep yourself warm and solitary. Say goodbye to your mother. This is the last time you'll see her till your trial starts. I was listening in. Good work, Detective Shepard. Couldn't have done it without you, Detective Alicia. I might have to upgrade you from trainee to partner. Do I have any say in that? Now that we have Hudson booked, we can head over to the DA and see if we can get this trial expedited. Without a confession? As soon as Hudson's lawyer gets here, he'll talk him into cooperating. We'll have a written confession in no time. He won't be getting away with any of these murders. You did it, Harriet. It wasn't just me. You did some heavy lifting, kid. I don't think I've ever met anyone who stopped a crew of serial bank robbers and helped catch a serial killer in their first week as detective. Keep it up. You were made for this. Thanks. Now let me finish up this paperwork. Let me know when you're done. We need to go out for a slice of celebratory pie. I won't say no to that. Want me to go with you? I can handle this. Hello, can I help you? Mrs. Sanders? I'm Detective Alicia. We talked on the phone a little while back. Oh, yes! You're the one working on my daughter's case. Come in, come in. I can't stay long, Mrs. Sanders. I just wanted to tell you that we have a suspect in your daughter's murder, and he has been arrested. Oh, my. I... I... To thank, thank you. Of course, miss. One more thing. I talked to the DA, and the necklace you asked about isn't being submitted as evidence in the trial. Here you go. Oh, thank you. This means so much. I'm glad I could help you find closure. How was it? I'm just glad I didn't have to notify her of her daughter's death. Unfortunately, you'll have plenty of opportunities to do that. 
But today, we've got 13 other families to share some good news with. Does that mean we get 13 pieces of pie? I like how you think. Elephant Scout presents Tucson Heat, created by Christopher Scott, written by Debbie Federico, Francisco Landin, and Christopher Scott. Music provided by Freddie Walker Jr. at One Focus Productions, LLC. Additional mixing and sound design provided by Andrew Kashner. Starring Betsy Bruce and Chiselle Rodriguez, with James Frost, AJ Kincaid, Sally Shamrao and Carlos Charlie Hall. For more information, visit elephantscout.com forward slash podcast or follow us on social media at Elephant Scout. Please tell your friends about our show and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.